Today is Friday. It's the 21st of February, 2020. Today, <clears throat> Sayadaw will give a talk on the jhana, the absorption to the foreign metameditators. So this talk is the last uh, Dhamma talk in this retreat. And this morning in the interviews, some meditators said that tomorrow, after the closing ceremony, they will go back home. And at this time, uh, being close to leave from here, to go back home, um, for many, the practice of metta, cultivation of loving-kindness, is going quite well. This is so because you have spent quite a number of, of days, quite some time, in this practice. That's why the practice has deepened. That's why the practice is going quite well. This is natural. So the, the cultivation of metta um, strengthens, cultivates the metta, and sometimes it needs a bit more effort, virya, to bring out that metta which is there, but maybe mm, deeper down. In his last talk, Sayadaw uh, used the simile of the metta aircon. An air conditioning has the power, the ability uh, to produce cold, coolness. However, after turning on the aircon, it's not yet immediately cold. Mm -hmm. 
and also after having turned on the aircon, like uh, in the first few moments, the coolness that the aircon will produce is not immediately felt or experienced. It's only after a few minutes that the, the coolness produced by the aircon becomes apparent or that it can be experienced. But then, when one leaves the aircon on, and the longer the aircon is running, the cooler it will get. And if one leaves it on for even a longer period of time, then the room will, even, will become even more cool or cooler. So the longer the aircon is running, the cooler the room will get. When the aircon has been running for, let's say, two hours or three hours, by that time the room has become very cool and also one's body feels uh, cool. And likewise, metta has the nature of being um, cool, peaceful, benevolent. However, if one does not cultivate it, if one does not engage in this practice, then it will not manifest. Or if one starts engaging in the cultivation of metta for the first day, first couple of days, the nature of metta will not be, will not be very obvious yet. However, if one continues with the practice of metta, if one practices day after day after day, then gradually the nature of metta, the metta quality, the calmness, the peacefulness, happiness, then will become apparent. So, in this way, 
the longer one practices metta, the longer one engages in the cultivation of loving-kindness, the stronger the quality of metta will become. Then the, the peacefulness, the happiness, the calmness, the, the nature of metta will become more obvious, will become stronger. So, as metta meditators, if one engages in this practice of metta meditation for about two months, then one will come to understand the nature of metta very, very well. In one of his previous talks, Sayadaw mentioned the Australian monk Uvimala Ramsey, and he had been practicing metta meditation for two months. After having engaged in the metta practice for a bit more than a month, then Sayato instructed him to cultivate metta for an enemy. So on the first day, when he was cultivating metta for this enemy, uh, he could not do it. He was not able to cultivate metta for this person. Uh, he said that although he kind of sent the metta out to the other person or radiated it, it came back to him. Then Sayato instructed him to alternate, to cultivate metta for his teacher or benefactor, and then to his enemy, then again for his benefactor, again for his enemy. Then the following day, in the interview, he said he still could not uh, cultivate metta for this enemy, saying he was afraid this enemy would get happy and peaceful. <laughs> So this is quite natural. A person who has caused suffering to oneself, so 
one doesn't want that this other person then becomes happy and well and peaceful. This is dosa, aversion, ill will. So when dosa is present, when it arises in the heart, in the mind, then it, it pushes metta to the side, then it destroys metta. So then Sayadaw uh, said to him, you know, this enemy, uh, but also a friend, you know, do not regard them through the lens of being your friend or your enemy, but see these persons in respect to the five aggregates, like each person is composed of the five aggregates, so just see this person as a person composed of the five aggregates. So one should reflect on the fact that this person is composed of the five aggregates, or one can reflect that this person is composed of mind and matter, nama and rupa. And so Sayadaw instructed him to reflect a few minutes on this and then cultivate metta. And in this way, he then was able to cultivate metta. And then, after about one week, he could cultivate metta for this enemy very well. Then he said in the interview to Sayadaw that he not he no longer regards this person as his enemy, but that it is the same as his dear friend. So it's the same, um, whether cultivating metaphor, the friend or the enemy. And so in this way, he had no problem to cultivate metta for this enemy. So 
he then reported to Sayadaw when cultivating metta for this enemy. As he had said, he no longer thought of this person as his enemy, but it was like his friend. And so um, cultivating the metta for this person, for this friend, it was like his mind um, was the mind of his friend and his body was the body of his friend. So it felt as if the if he if his mind, if his body it was not obvious anymore. So for him it felt as if his if his mind was had completely merged with the mind and the body of his friend, of his object of metta meditation, and um, he was one point and one pointedly focused on that the mind did not go to anywhere else, did not wander. And some meditators here reported in the interview with Sayadaw that they also felt as if their mind had merged with the person for whom they were cultivating metta. So this points to the jhana, or the state of absorption. What we call jhana, English absorption, is when the mind is one-pointedly absorbed in the object of one's meditation. So to enter the jhana means one's mind is completely absorbed in the object of one's meditation, which means one is no longer aware of one's own body or kind of one's own body then disappears. And one's mind being fully absorbed in the object of one's meditation is in this case, the person whom one has chosen as the object 
of one's metta meditation. So then the mind um, stays continuously on the object of one's metta meditation or is absorbed in that object of metta meditation, in that person. In that state of absorption, the mind does not go out anymore. The mind does not wander, take any other object, but the mind is completely absorbed in one's object of meditation, the person whom one has, whom one has chosen as object for the metta meditation. And this state of being fully absorbed can last for five minutes, or 10 minutes, or 15 minutes. It can last for half an hour, or it can last for one hour. So the deeper one's one-pointedness is, concentration is, the longer one can maintain this jhana, or state of absorption. And this also means that metta, this quality of metta then is present all the time. And in that state, one does not need to make any effort to cultivate, develop the metta, but it kind of flows naturally. It just happens as if by itself. And in that state, joy can arise, rapture can arise, also happiness can arise. As Sayato has mentioned in that other talk, Uvimala Ramsey then uh, started to smile, or he even started to laugh out loudly. And these are manifestations of pity, which means um, joy or rapture. This is um, a factor that can manifest in the jhana. The jhana uh, has five jhana factors. Uh, 
So there are altogether five jhana factors. The first one is vitaka, initial application. The second one is vichara, sustained application. The third is piti, joy, rapture. The fourth is sukha, happiness. And the fifth is ekagata, one-pointedness. Now Sayato will explain the nature of vitaka, initial application. So vitaka, initial application, this is the directing one's mind to the object of one's meditation, inclining the mind to the object or sending the mind to the object. So, for example, when we wish, may he be healthy. So, with that, it's like directing that wish, that mind towards the object, to the other person, or wishing, may she be happy, directing the mind uh, to this other person, sending that wish. So, this is the initial application, vitaka. Then the second jhana factor, vichara, sustained application, is when one's metta has kind of reached the object of one's metta meditation, the other, um, the other person, it's like almost uh, touching the other person. So, first of all, we incline the mind to the other person, the object of metta. That's um, initial application. And then the sustained application is when um, the mind has kind of reached that the object, the person, when there has been a contact.
So then when, when the mind comes in contact with the person who is the object of one's metta meditation, when that inclination of the mind repeatedly touches the other person, is in contact with the other person, based on that there arises joy, there arises rapture, there arises zest. And this is called pity. We translate it mostly as rapture. And then, as one continues with the practice, then uh, the mind uh, becomes calmer and the happiness becomes uh, obvious. And then the mind stays firmly with the object of one's metta meditation. The mind is one-pointedly focused on that person. The mind does not wander anymore, does not uh, think about something else. And so that one-pointedness of the mind is ekagata, another jhana factor. So, how many jhana factors? <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Five jhana factors. And when you, in your practice, have experienced these five jhana factors, then um, this means you may have uh, experienced the first jhana, the first absorption. That's the first, first metta jhana. In the scriptures, uh, there is the following illustration. So there is the illustration of this um, with the example of a bee. So a bee who wants to drink some nectar so the bee leaves the beehive and then flies somewhere where there are flowers. So the bee flies towards a place where there are flowers and when it has found a flower, it doesn't land immediately on the flower, but kind of hovers above uh, the flower. 
After that, the bee will land on the flower and then um, it will suck the nectar of the flower. Have you seen how a bee sucks the, the nectar of a flower? Yes, you have seen. Sayadaw, uh, one time when he was conducting a metta meditation retreat in Australia, in the Blue Mountains, uh, at that time there were many flowers blooming and there were also many bees. And there Sayadaw could uh, observe how the bees went to the flower and were sucking the nectar. So Sayadaw could observe how a bee was flying towards the flower and then making two or three rounds above the flower. Then it would land on the flower and then after that it would suck the nectar of the flower until it was full, had enough. And then Sayadaw observed how the bee with its wings would flap, blah, 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 a few times before taking off and fly back. So Sayadaw thinks that, you know, after sucking the nectar and then making these uh, movements with the wing, the bee, Saito thinks the bee is very happy and joyous uh, having drunk that nectar. Likewise, you meditators, um, you also experience that joy, that rapture. Uh, from the practice of metta, you know, it's like the bee with making blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then after that, going back. So in, in this example, the, the bee flying towards the flower, so this is vitaka, initial application, the mind uh, going towards its object.
So Vitaka, the initial application is that inclination of the mind, uh, inclination of the metta towards the object of one's metta meditation or the going, uh, the directing the mind to the object. And then Vichara, the sustained application, is like the bee um, just hovering above the flower for uh, some moments. So being very close to the flower, hovering there. That's the sustained application. And then, when the bee um, lands on the flower, and then when it um, starts sucking the nectar of the flower, Saito says maybe a minute, uh, sucking the nectar of the flower. So this is ekagata, one-pointedness. So the bee is one-pointedly just sucking uh, the nectar. That, and so likewise, in one's meditation, when the mind is one-pointedly focused on one's object of metta-meditation, that's ekagata, one-pointedness, and in one's meditation, this can last five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, one hour. And then um, the bee sucking the nectar, um, then um, when it has you know, sucked the nectar one minute and is full, um, so then uh, the bee is joyous, uh, very happy, um, and likewise when the meditator um, is absorbed or one-pointedly focused 
in the object of one's metta meditation, in that person, then there arises great joy, there arises rapture or zest, this is pity, and there arises also happiness, which is sukha. So then, uh, this means one has attained the first jhana. So you can check for yourself in your experience, are these five factors present or not? And when you find that these five factors are present, then you may conclude that uh, this is the first jhana, the first absorption. So, uh, yes, check in your experience uh, if these five factors are present, you know, and um, like the bee, joyous, happy, uh, flapping its wings, you know, and then it takes off and flies back. So please check, you know, if you, you also, you know, make blah, 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 blah. And if you are able to fly, uh, you have reached the jhana. If not, you have to stay longer and practice more. So, you know, the, the, the bee can fly back. Um, if you attain the, the jhana, then you also can fly back. Um, if not, more practice. And so after, if one continue, continues with one's practice, then the um, samadhi, the concentration based on the uh, metta practice, uh, becomes stronger or deeper. And so with that, one will reach the next level. This is the second jhana. meaning that the metta-samadhi, the concentration based on the metta-practice, is stronger or deeper. So 
So because the metta samadhi has become stronger, then it is no longer needed that one directs the mind towards one's object of metta meditation. Uh, it's no longer needed that one makes the mind go to the object, but uh, the mind very easily just um, stays with the object. So reaching this level, this initial application, vitaka, is no longer needed. So it's no longer needed to incline the mind towards the object, to direct it to the object. But uh, because metta samadhi is stronger, the mind naturally just stays with the object of one's metta meditation. So vitaka initial application is no longer needed. It's no longer present on that uh, next level. And then, when one further continues with one's practice, one's metta samadhi becomes even stronger, the concentration based on the metta practice. And so, with the stronger metta samadhi, then the mind uh, is one-pointedly focused um, on one's metta object. So the mind is like mm, absorbed in, in the object. It's like when one dives into the water, one is completely in the water. So likewise, one's mind is completely um, in uh, or has merged with the object of one's metta meditation. And so this means that one has reached the third jhana, the third absorption. And in this third absorption, the jhana factor of vichara is no longer present. So sustained application is no longer present in the third jhana. So in the third jhana, 
the factors of Vitaka and Vichara are no longer present. Initial application, sustained application are no longer present. In the third jhana, what is present are three jhana factors, namely piti, rapture, sukha, happiness, and ekagata, one-pointedness. So that's why um, one feels joyous, elated, happy, and focused. And then, when one continues with one's practice, the metta samadhi becomes even stronger. So as one continues one's practice and the metta samadhi becomes deeper, then the jhana factor of piti is no longer present. So the, the joy, the rapture, the elation that has been present is no longer there, but what one experiences is a happiness, um, and one-pointedness, so the practice feels going very well. There is the happiness, it's kind of a calmer happiness. There is the one-pointedness. Um, and this feels calmer and yeah, because concentration is deeper, um, also because this joy or rapture or elation is no longer present. And so with this, one has reached the fourth jhana, which has the factors of sukha, happiness, and ekagata, one-pointedness. So in the fourth jhana, there are only two jhana factors present, namely sukha, happiness, and ekagata, one-pointedness. Ekagata is when the mind is one-pointedly focused, on one's object of meditation or when the mind is fully absorbed in one's object of meditation. And at that time, the mind does not wander anymore. So 
when the mind is one-pointedly focused on one's object of meditation, when it is absorbed, when the mind is not going out, when no defilements can arise in one's mind. So the mind becomes very calm, very still, very tranquil, and this gives rise to uh, happiness. So then, when only these two jhana factors are present, namely ekagata, one-pointedness, and sukha, happiness, then this means one has uh, attained the fourth jhana. So meditators who uh, practice metta meditation they can attain uh, these four jhanas or up to this fourth jhana. Sayadaw will repeat. Jhana means that the mind is one-pointedly focused on the object of meditation or that it is fully absorbed in the object of meditation. And there are five levels of jhana. And these five levels, uh, they depend on the strength of one's metta samadhi. So these five levels are the first jhana, the second jhana, the third jhana, the fourth jhana, and the fifth jhana. In the first jhana, there are five jhana factors, namely vitaka, vichara, piti, sukha, Ekagata. Then in the second jhana, there are four jhana factors, namely vichara, piti, sukha, ekagata. In the third jhana, there are three jhana factors, namely piti, sukha, ekagata. In the fourth jhana, there are two jhana factors, namely sukha and ekagata. So a metta meditator can attain up to this fourth jhana. Or 
or else when one practices karuna meditation, compassion, one can also attain up to this fourth jhana, and likewise one can attain up to this fourth jhana with the practice of mudita meditation, cultivation of sympathetic joy. The, the fifth jhana, it has also two jhana factors, and it's the jhana factors of upeka and ekagata, equanimity and one-pointedness. So we see in the fourth jhana, there are two jhana factors, um, sukha and ekagata. In the fifth jhana, there are also two jhana factors. It's upeka and ekagata, equanimity and one-pointedness. If you want to attain the fifth jhana, having the jhana factors of upeka and ekagata, then you would need to practice upeka meditation, meaning the cultivation of upeka equanimity, one of the Brahma Viharas. So with this talk, Sayadaw uh, has explained about the jhanas, the different levels of jhana. And so with this, now you can check whether or not you have attained a jhana, and if so, which level of jhana you have attained. So, if you have attained jhana or which jhana you have attained, you have to decide or, or see for yourself. So, yes, to check whether or not you have attained the jhana, as Saito has explained before, with the bee. So as the bee then can fly back, um, if you are able to fly, to fly back home, then yes, you have attained the jhana. So 
yes, you have to check for yourself. And then when you think you have attained the jhana, then continue to practice and see whether this is so or not, whether you can um, attain it again and again. And later on, or you know, based on the jhana, one can also develop supernormal powers, such as flying through the air, or walking on water, or diving into the earth as if it were water, or to read other people's thoughts. So may all of you continue with your metta meditation practice, be able to attain the jhanas, and then based on that, um, through practice, become free from all kinds of suffering and realize nibbana, complete liberation. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.